what if, somebody say if, what if it doesn't return to its pre-COVID days? What if we have to be Christians without church? here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the other as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to begin a brand new teaching tonight. It's a very timely message considering everything that's going on in our world right now. And uh, can I see your eyeballs just a sec? Isn't it a mess? <laughs> Isn't it just a mess? If you're looking at things from an earthly perspective. But as always, I want to urge you to look at things here on earth from a heavenly perspective, from God's perspective. I'm going to be talking to you about Christians without church, quote unquote. Christians without church. What if we have to live in a world where there is no church in terms of the traditional gathering that we know, even in my lifetime, that we know as the church. Now listen, for a lot of you that wouldn't bother you because for a lot of people who claim to be Christians and claim to be following Christ, they're not connected with the church as such. But it's very important for you to make that connection and for you to understand just what that is and for you to understand what the future might look like for us. Now, I'm speaking specifically in this particular teaching, speaking specifically to those who have been born again and spirit-filled, and you really are chasing after Jesus. You are a Jesus chaser. I trust you'll take courage with this message. Our text passage is Acts chapter 5. I want to read one verse in your hearing right now, and we're going to jump right on into that. Uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 12. The record puts it this way. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. All the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. You understand where they were meeting? We're going to talk to you a little bit more about that and give you some more details about that as we get into this teaching. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for each and every one that's tuned us in, and I pray that by your word and the power of the Spirit that you would teach us things about you, help us to know and understand your purpose, plan, your will for our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. I come before you this morning, and I actually have a little, you see my sticky note? 
And it says on there, slow read. I'm going to do my best to just teach you this morning. You pray for me as I try to do that. It's hard for an evangelist to teach. Did you know that? But I come before you this morning with a very unique and significant challenge. Now, in my mind, when God gives me a unique and significant challenge, it's not just for me, it's for you, whoever you are. If you showed up here this morning, God knew you were going to be here, so this is for you. Say amen right there. Fellow, by the name of, well, before I get to that, I wanted to say this. Church as we know it. And how many of you here this morning have been in church all your life so far? I hope I haven't been in it all my life yet, but up to this point. So you know what I mean when I say church as we know it. Church as we know it has been for the last six months unsettled. Can I get an amen right there? Unsettled. You wouldn't believe how many words I plugged in right there. And that's the one I ended up with. It, it just about describes it to the nth degree. Now I'm up to my quote. There's a fellow by the name of Jesse Risconez. And I've never met him. But he uh, has written an article. He is a, the executive director of over 1,100 Hispanic Baptist congregations down in Texas. How many of you know that's a huge responsibility? And he says, and I quote, The organization, speaking of the church... The organization is trying to preserve a sense of community amid a loss of routine, ritual, and at times, a sense of peace. End quote. The thought came to my spirit this week. By the way, I'm always real happy when a thought comes to my spirit toward the end of the week so that I'll have something to say to you on Sunday morning. But the thought came to my spirit this week that all of a sudden, at least in my mind, all of a sudden, we are having to be Christians. Everybody do this. Christians without church. Everybody do this again. Did everybody do that? Okay, if you didn't, I'm going to do it again. Christians without church. Let me explain to you what I'm talking about. It will only take me about 45 minutes to do this. Stick with me. We'll be out of here before you know it. Obviously, this morning, you are here. Right? You're here. It's also very obvious this morning that a lot of us, at least from my perspective... A lot of us, I'm talking about new life, we are there, wherever there is. Are you tracking with me so far? In other words, there are a lot of us, I'm talking about new lifers, that are somewhere else this morning. Now listen, that is very frustrating. It's frustrating to me, probably frustrating to you. And I know for a fact it's frustrating for a lot of them that are there. It's frustrating. Now with that, I want to tell you something. And I want you to listen, because this is true. I can tell you that church assembly, 
the coming together of the body of Christ has been under an assault for several years now. Several years. Not from some, watch this, not from some outside force, but rather from insider indifference. That means persons are choosing to do something else other than participate in the church worship assembly. How many of you know some people made that decision this morning? Am I right? We did. And in that sense, beloved, I want to suggest to you they are their own worst enemy. In the immediate aftermath of the World Trade Center fiasco, were you around then? You remember where you were? I remember clear, I can still see that TV monitor in the McDonald's over in uh, Martinsville. I'd left a ministerial meeting. Somebody said they'd blown up New York City. I'm like, what the world? But in the, the aftermath of the World Trade Center fiasco, the post-9-11 world realized a significant return to religion and patriotism. Do you remember that? Am I telling you the truth? But that has been waning for several years now. I base that not only on our own experience right here at 415 Micah Road, Ridgeway, Virginia, but also on that which I hear and read elsewhere. There are a lot of critical thinkers that would agree with what I have just said to you. You add to that the recent impediment of COVID shutdowns and all things related to what I'm going to refer to as pandemia. And right now, today, we have examples of church fellowships that are either not meeting at all or they're meeting on some prorated schedule or they're meeting virtually. That's still interesting to me, meeting virtually. It sounds like a Nazi moron. Or in our case, they're meeting in person. Watch this, but with a 40 to 60% uh, number of people compared to our pre-COVID numbers. And just as a matter of passing, I say to you, that, that status is being tweaked and retweaked week. In and week out. Perhaps you got up this morning thinking, parents, are they having children's church today or not? Are they having the nursery today or not? Are we meeting today? Did I get the call this week? Are we meeting or not? Tweaking. Retweaking. Watch. What really concerns me, and I'm headed to numero two on your study notes. What really concerns me is this. In my humble opinion, I do not believe that this pandemic shutdown that we're going through right now, I do not believe that it is the end. But I do believe that it is the beginning of the end. Is that important? It is important. And I am 100% convinced, 
Time will prove me wrong but I, or right, but I am 100% convinced that what we're going through right now is a supernatural snapshot. A supernatural snapshot of the realities that will soon enough be unleashed upon all of humanity. Every Sunday morning, for years now, we've opened our service with a reading from where? Revelation. Beloved, those things in Revelation, when you read them in particular, when you just jumped in, into a verse here and there like it, it seems like we're doing, some of those things just don't make sense. You kind of scratch your head and you're like, man, that sounds scary. It wasn't really meant to sound scary. It's meant as a word of warning. And I've discovered in my 62 years that when somebody gives you a warning and you heed that warning, then it isn't necessarily all that scary. But if you receive a warning and you don't heed that warning, you end up in a heap of trouble. You know what I'm saying there, boy? What we're going through right now has been, and I believe is, a wake-up call. Beloved, the plagues and the persecutions of the book of Revelation are, and, and supporting texts, they are a reality. It will come to pass. When, Pastor Terry? I don't know. And I don't even care. I'm not one of those guys that tries to figure that out and does the math and finds hidden signs in every verse in Revelation. But it's going to come to pass. Every jot and every tittle. How do you know that, Pastor? Because God said so. Amen. He's never told me a fib. Not once. And He won't. Because He's voracious. He's truth. He's all truth. Listen, beloved. These church, listen to me. Whether you're here in person or, living by, or listening by live stream. These present days are mere warnings of that which is yet to come. We have witnessed some horrific things right here in our own country in the last few days and weeks. Things that I never dreamed that I would see happening in this country. You ain't seen nothing yet. Thanks for the encouragement, Pastor. Again, when you heed a warning, it can be an encouragement. When you fail to heed a warning, you can get yourself in a heap of trouble. God spoke forth to Ezekiel, relevant to the end times. You can find this in verse, thir uh, verse 7 of chapter 38. God says to the people through Ezekiel, get ready, be prepared, you and all the hordes. That's kind of an unfortunate trans uh, translation for armies. All the armies gathered about you, get ready, be prepared. Hey, let me ask you this morning, are you ready? Are you ready? I wonder who that preacher's talking to this morning. I'm talking to you. Especially if you're wondering who I'm talking to. Are you ready? Are you prepared for that which we know is going to come? Does it amaze you how many people tell you that they believe this? That do not believe this? They, they see this as K&W. You, you know K&W? You go through the, I think I'll have some of that. I don't want none of that. Chicken livers, ooh. I think I'll have some of that. And don't get any of that squash on it. I think uh, you want to roll cornbread or muffin. Some people th think this is K&W. This is thus saith the Lord. It's not a pick and choose. You don't pick what you like and leave out what you don't like. It's all the Word of God. One of the things 
hang on a sec. And I don't know if you know it or not, just off the record, I am heavily medicated this morning. I've had some problems this week. And it's dried me out, and I'm dizzy. If I fall out, just think I'm having a Pentecostal fit. I'll be all right. Where was I? Now, in conclusion, no, 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 no. One of the things that has concerned me greatly about these days is that it seems, it's just my view, it seems that the rank and file have responded to these troublesome times by purposing to get back to, watch this, our recreational routines instead of being drawn into a deeper relationship with God or recovering godly routines. Again, I'm not seeing the return to religion and patriotism so prominent during the post 9-11 world. Listen, I might be meddling a little bit here. I really don't think that I am, but beloved, one would think that after the church has been shut down for several months, that there would be a return to the prayer room when that church was reopened. With that, the church institutionally is already looking different. When did you ever think that some people think when you go to church, they just fleece you down anyways? When did you ever think we would have a, a tub like you feed cows in to put the offering in? And somebody would be shooting your temperature when you come in the door. It's already looking different. By the way, I was normal this morning. Say amen right there on all accounts. Very different. Church, listen to me. I am resolved that what I'm about to say to you is true. Church, as we've known it, may never gain or regain its former self, its former routine. I'm talking about the regimen that you've known during your lifetime. And for those of you that are here this morning with a lot more history, that's a nice way of saying that you're older, this will likely prove more difficult for you than it will for those who have very little history, or that is to say those who are younger. Listen to me. What if, somebody say if, what if it doesn't return to its pre-COVID days. I mean, after all, isn't that what we're striving for? Man, I'll be glad when this is over so we can get back to normal. Isn't that what we're striving for? What if we have to be Christians without church? What does that mean, Pastor Terry? Well, my old friend Voltaire, you know I love to read after the philosophers. But my old friend Voltaire says, if you wish to converse with me, you have to define your terms. So let me just walk you through this real quick. This is kind of an, uh, a little detour this morning. But I want to help you understand something about 
uh, Christian, the word Christian and the word church. How many of you know that Christian means many different things to many different people? You can't just take for granted when you hear this in conversation and when somebody says Christian that they're talking about the same thing that you think or church that they're talking about the same thing that you think or that you know. Christians can be, watch this, some persons think that you can be a Christian just by being born into the United States of America. After all, this is a Christian nation, right? There are those who believe that, the, the persons that believe that being a Christian is just believing in the historical Jesus. Yeah, this dude lived once upon a time. Josephus told us so. There are those who, who have parents or perhaps grandparents that believe in Jesus. So they would say, you know, I believe what my parents believe. I believe what my grandparents believe. Whatever that is, that's, that's what a Christian is. There are persons who are connected with the church, connected with the church institutionally. I call them C and E Christians, the uh, Christmas and Easter Christians. Then there are those who are born again and yet carnal. Do you know anybody like that? They're not spirit-filled. At least they're clueless about all things Holy Spirit. Then there are those who are born again and not living in victory. Where I come from, we would say they're in a backslidden condition. You don't hear that preached on too much anymore, do you? And then we come to that, the last one on my list is this. Persons in true relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm headed to number three on your notes, beloved. Christian can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But for your pastor and your teacher, it means just exactly this. A Christian is a person that is in a true relationship with Jesus Christ. They've been born again, spirit-filled, and chasing after the things of God. What about church? We hear a lot of things called Church, many different things used in a variety of contexts. So many refer to this edifice as the church, the church building. I understand how easy it is to do that. Then there are ministry center campuses. Back uh, earlier in the year, I was privileged. You guys made it possible for me to go to Orlando the ex to the Exponential Conference. It was held in conjunction with the Eastern Region Pastors Conference, and it was at First Baptist Church in Orlando. You literally had to have a map to get around that campus to try to figure out which one of those humongous buildings. This was like the outhouse building, but they had buildings all over creation down there, and it would be referred to as the church. Certainly doesn't look like this, but it's still nonetheless referred to as the church. Then sometimes people refer to groups of religious persons as the church. And watch this. This is a bit of a stretch, but I think it applies here. Some would crassly label certain interest groups as a church. Can you give me an example, Pastor T? I can like golfers and the course and the entire game. For many, it's their church because this certain group is so religious or fanatical about 
the game of golf. For other, perhaps sports fans, the stadium is referred to as their church, their gathering place. And I could go on and on and on. And then we come to that which you've heard taught here time and time again. And I believe it's right and true and captures the very essence of what it means to be the church. Beloved, the church is the body of Christ. Watch this. Not just the body of Christ, but the body of Christ assembled. That word ecclesia in the original means the called out ones. You call people out from where they are to somewhere else. It's the body of Christ assembled. Born again persons, absolutely. Spirit-filled persons, absolutely. But assembled. Fill in number four. Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. And I want to do so by asking you this question. Are you a part of the church? Now, I'm not talking about some organization. I'm talking about the body of Christ, the called out ones. Are you connected to God through His Son, Jesus? And are you a part of the, the church? Have you been born again, spirit-filled, a part of the church? Now, the church isn't just the gatherer, isn't just the called out ones. It means a little bit more than We're going to get into some of the details about that in the, the back half of this teaching. But I want to be an encouragement to you to know this. The church comes together, assembles together for a very specific reason. It's very important. We preachers talk about this all the time. And sometimes I think lay people might be like, oh, oh wow, oh, you know, this dude wants us to get together uh, just because it, it makes him look good or it benefits him or, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, where would the preachers be without an audience or without a congregation? There's much more to it than that. There's a reason why we want the body of Christ to come together. A very specific reason, a very biblical reason a very good reason and a very eternal reason. Listen, the, the deeper we go into the future and the more things begin to and continue to change in terms of what we know as the church, the more important it is for us to come together. Many today are just tired of fighting. They're tired of doing. They're tired of everything. And I understand that. I have a body that I walk around in just like you do and understand the resistance that's involved in spiritual warfare. But that goes to the point. That's why we need to come together as members of the forever family of God. Again, I'm going to get into that in a little more detail next time. I don't want to try to wrap or preach that to you. Uh, during the wrap-up during this session. I do want to pray for you, and, uh, and I'm going to have to get out of here. My time is just nearly gone, but let me pray. Father, I thank you for each one listening. I pray specifically for those who have not been born again. They know not about your spirit and feeling. I pray that you'd help them to know and understand that your word calls us to be born again and filled with your spirit. That is your purpose and plan for us. And Lord, I pray that you would help those who have been born again, spirit-filled, to know and understand that the coming together of all the members of the body of Christ is also your purpose and plan, and a very specific reason for that. Help us to know that. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Hey, before I get out of here, I do want to remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of activities Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We also have midweek activities Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, and we would love to see you. God has been blessing recently, even in the middle of all of this so-called shutdown pandemic. It's amazing the way the Lord has been moving, and it is a God thing. I'm thankful to be in the midst of it. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. Trust you're going to have a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you? Mm-hmm.